that millions of people out there who are desperate to help other people and do the things that I don't want to do. And I just need to go out and find them. I should not be the shark tooth hunter. I need to find the people who can find the shark teeth and who love doing it, who can do it and fill my shell up while I'm sitting on the couch in some beach house. So that was like a major turning point for me. And all these things combined made me realize I've been thinking about it wrong. I want to be the person who brings the best people together and then still be able to do what I love, which is coaching and training my team. Is your current success putting a lot of demands on you? If you're good at what you do, and you are, then everyone wants you. But that's no way to scale. If you're delivering spectacular results, you should be commanding higher fees, working with only the best clients. Welcome to the Hands Off CEO Podcast, where world-class agency owners and consultants learn how to fully monetize their expertise and scale profits by doing less. Here's your host, Mandy Ellison. Hi, this is Mandy Ellison from the Hands Off CEO Podcast. I have Aaron Crawl here on the podcast today. Aaron is one of our Scale to Freedom clients. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Hey, Mandy. Good to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm so excited to be showcasing Aaron today because Aaron has had some huge up levels, huge transformations, and it's been really incredible just to see how he's grown, the, how he's grown in confidence and, and what he can really do for his clients and how, and how that has impacted sales and how that has really paved the way for him to be scaling this company. And it's really exciting. So Aaron, he's the founder of the SaaS Accelerator, a proven system that adds $500,000 of revenue to SaaS companies in just 12 months. And I'd love to hear from you, Aaron, you know, what types of, I know we just kind of spoiler alert there, right? But what kind of results do you create for SaaS companies? Yeah, so for the right SaaS company, we can usually add around 500,000 in additional revenue over 12 months, in addition to their current growth trajectory. Or it's a program, it's a really specific program that we've designed that we come in and we rehaul everything, four major levers of SaaS growth, which are market positioning, positioning them as the market leader, automating the sales process, increasing lifetime customer value, and then filling the funnel. And so within each one of those levers, we have a list of very specific, unique processes that we've developed that can add 500000 to a SaaS company's revenue without making major changes to the product or giving away discounts or hiring a massive sales team. That sounds like the holy grail, the kinds of clients that you work with. So give me an example of a company that you've worked with where you've seen that your process has added a lot of value for. So I've probably worked with, I haven't made an exact list. I would probably say around 60 to 70 SaaS companies. And we've done various pieces of this program for everyone. A lot of our clients that we started out with were like at one, 2K a month. We help them get to 10K a month. Some of them were at 20 to 30K. We help them get to a million. We have a few clients that we've worked with where they were just totally stuck with where they're at in their growth trajectory. And we've come in and by leveraging some unique strategies, we have a process called the Dream 100, which I kind of borrowed from Chet Holmes. And we use that and we've customized that for a SaaS model. And we reach out and find partners and some of these partnership deals are worth five to six figures, just one of these deals for SaaS companies. And it's really cool because when we come in and we establish the strategy, 
it's usually things that the founder hasn't even thought of to do. And I can think of one example right now where a client of ours knew they needed to be doing partnership outreach. They knew they needed to do it, but they had all these mental blocks and time blocks and being able for us to come in and say, we can do this for you, you don't have to do it kind of eliminates a lot of those roadblocks for some founders who feel like their project is good enough. It's funny, this particular client, she has a printed book of all of the testimonials that her clients have given her. It's an actual physical printed book. And she said, I just don't think that we're ready to go to a partner yet. And I'm like, you have a book of customer testimonials. So sometimes it's just having another pair of eyes on there. And one of these levers is guaranteed to really help take SaaS founders to the next level. One of the levers that we have in the fourth kind of step growth plan. Well, thanks for sharing that. I mean, clearly you have a very wide expertise. And that's one of the things that we've known each other for a number of years. Now we've been colleagues and friends for a number of years. And it's one of the things I've always been really impressed with you about how you had a really clear process on generating results for these SaaS businesses. You already chose a niche that you're going after. And really you're doing the marketing side of it. You're helping them on the sales side of it. It's a really wide area that allows you to make such a big difference for clients. Yeah, that's exactly right. When we started, we would focus on one, a lever within a lever. I would focus on onboarding is what I was originally positioned myself as was an onboarding expert, which was great because everyone, when they thought of onboarding, they thought of me. And when I went in to do these onboarding projects with clients, what I found was that we would do the onboarding and it would look amazing And then it wouldn't have an impact on their growth or as much as we thought it would. And then we realized it was because the traffic that they're currently bringing in isn't qualified, that they don't know who their ideal customers are, that there was a lot of other internal problems that we didn't solve. And so we started really narrow and fixing the problem. And then we started backing out further and further and further until we kind of realized that the best way for us to deliver results is start from the beginning and do the entire process for these companies. Because even though they're successful, a lot of them are successful in their own right, despite what they've done. They never had a strategy for growth. And when we come in and there's so many levers that we move and we do them so effectively that there's guaranteed results in one of those levers. Problem is, for most founders, is they don't know where to start. And even if they knew all the levers that they needed to move, they wouldn't know how to do them. So that's kind of where the value that we provide. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love what you were sharing there too, because... You went after one market, you went after one problem onboarding. That's what you had the skills and expertise to do at the time. And by getting in there deep, you were able to actually go in and expand it out and be able to learn how to solve these bigger problems, where now you are the undisputed market expert, the top level in your niche, because you started there, because you specialized there. And I want to really point that out because I think a lot of people are afraid of going and niching down. They're afraid of getting focused on the problem and you've just proven that that can be really effective. Yeah. And it was effective for me in a different way because I was able to make a name for myself and get a lot of clients that really had that specific problem. And I found out that that wasn't the problem that they really had. That's a problem they thought they had. And I actually built up a lot of traction in it. I got a lot of clients and people knew me and I was able to build a lot of relationships. I learned really fast. I had a really good offer initially when I started out. Literally, you hear a no-brainer offer. And like this was a no-brainer offer that hardly anyone could turn away. And I had to learn fast. And the pressure's all on you. I have to learn fast. And then I learned a lot of other stuff along the way. So it was interesting for me because 
hear a lot of people talking about going in and focusing on a specific niche and solving a specific problem. For me, my experience was I did pick a niche and I picked a problem. I just happened to pick a problem that wasn't the real problem. And I had to pivot from there and listen to what the market was saying and find out we did this, we did this really well. It didn't deliver the results that we expected. Why? He explored that and then finally kind of led us to where we're at now. You started joining Scale to Freedom a while back. And I know that you were at a place where you were looking for some help around your offer. So, I mean, you'd already dialed this into your target market. You knew who it was. You'd gone after a problem. So like, what were you looking for at that point? The problem was that, so the market that I serve is SaaS. On the surface level, and for many years, I thought SaaS is specific enough. Software as a service is specific enough. And then I realized, now this may not apply to you because if your target is coaches or consultants, okay, well, that's as far as I can go. But within coaches and consultants, there's multiple levels and degrees of coaches and consultants. And I didn't realize this with SaaS. You know, I finally realized, okay, so there's enterprise level, there's low touch, there's high touch, there's SaaS products that cost $7 a month and there's some that cost $7,000 a month, right? So I had to kind of pick, that's like an easy kind of way to segment the audience. And what I really wanted to do is I wanted to solve the $7 a month problems. When I say that, I mean like the $7 a month clients where they had to get a thousand users to make a difference. And I picked the wrong audience. And I struggled in the wrong audience for years trying to give them a solution that I wanted to give them that they didn't need, that I convinced them that they needed because it's what I wanted to offer them, which in this case was coaching. Now, I have nothing against coaching. I think coaching is amazing. I have multiple coaches. But the way that I was doing it and the people that I was attracting wasn't delivering results. So I was so confused. I would get five clients. I would be like, all right, finally, we're growing. And then a client would cancel. And then clients that I've been with me for months and months weren't seeing the results or they weren't following through. Or I would give them the exact tutorial on how to create this onboarding process. And they come back to me and it was totally wrong. Like the English was wrong. It was these founders are just the hardest working people ever. And they're trying their best, but they're just not copywriters. They're not marketers. And so this coaching program, which is more like a, a series of workshops to show them what to do, just wasn't getting results. And so I was frustrated because I wasn't getting clients the results that I wanted. Clients were frustrated because they felt like I had the solution, but they weren't getting the results. So either I was doing something wrong or they were doing something wrong. So they were frustrated. And I was just kind of spinning my wheels because I was the one doing all the delivery. Everything was in my head. So I was so frustrated, could not figure out what I was doing wrong. Everyone was saying coaching was the way to go. I was members of all these coaching programs and consultants who said, coaching is what you do. You know, coaching is the best scalable program. You can do group coaching and have an hour call a couple of times a week. And then the rest of the time, you're now surfing and drinking pina coladas. And this is not what's happening. My time is being sucked up by all these coaching clients because part of it was I felt guilty that I couldn't deliver the results that they expected and that I wanted. And I couldn't deliver them because number one, I wasn't doing it and I wasn't charging enough for me to be able to do it. And number two, the clients, I don't think were capable with their time restraints and just their abilities to be able to create what they needed to create and do what they needed to do. Sometimes they'd have a breakthrough and sometimes I'd find the right exact client and it would just be a perfect timing and the perfect fit, but it was so rare that I found that, that it was really hard to get clients. So that's when I came into Scale to Freedom at that point where I was really confused as what to do next. So it sounds like you were looking at this, your model realizing that everybody's saying, go to this coaching route, this is the way to go. I mean, it's a great way to go if you just want to have clients come in, maybe some get results, maybe some don't. And 
it didn't work for you because you want people to get results. So constantly working harder to be able to get those results for clients. And then there's a lot of these lies basically told about the coaching model that really don't apply. (laughs) That don't apply when you're actually trying to scale a business. It's not nearly as scalable as they say it is. In fact, I will say that a coaching business is way harder to scale than a done for you business. Because it's that top 20% of the the expertise. There's 80% that is like done for you work that can be broken down by processes. You talked about some of those processes. You could 80% of it. But 20%, that's the hardest part to scale. That's the coaching part that you have to train people how to do that. And it's possible to do that. But that's like a number of steps later. Most coaching companies don't even bother trying to do that the right way. So as a result, you have all this turn and burn. We have an entire industry full of people who are basically selling their time and a methodology maybe. And sometimes they get results, sometimes they don't. Is that kind of what you experience within this industry? When you said that in one of our calls, you were like, you know, in all reality, coaching is really the hardest business to grow. And I was like, wait a second, she's absolutely right. I've been trying to grow a coaching business for the past five years because I got out of the service business because I thought that was the hardest way to grow a business with service. Because I had so many false beliefs and all these thoughts that I had to be the one to deliver on everything and that I couldn't charge enough to be able to find people that could do it better than I could. And so I was charging too little. I was doing too much. I was serving the wrong clients. And I thought, this model doesn't work. In all honesty, you could probably say that about my coaching program. Is if I had changed my model and instead focused on a different market and solved a different problem, that model might have worked for me, but I couldn't figure out how to do it. There is some shame around that a little bit because I always felt like I wasn't delivering results for clients. Even when I got results, I was like, okay, this is great, but that probably would have happened without me. There's all the shame and guilt around that. But when I did a done-for-you project, man, clients were happy. I knew I did my best work. It wasn't scalable. So that's why I created all these systems and processes to show clients how to do it because I didn't really want to do it. And then working with you, I realized that There is an abundance of people out there who are really good at the stuff that I'm not good at. And I've been spending the past three or four years building these processes out for my coaching program that I could easily turn into processes for my internal delivery. And why don't I just do that? And then once I get enough clients coming in and I've proven the results and I've done the work and our team's built, then maybe I can take on a coaching client. But at that point, it's going to be a really, really high level coaching and something that I feel a lot more confident about and I could be more selective with the person I want to work with, right? Or take equity in the company. But the big aha moment for me was, it's not that a DFY or service delivery company doesn't work, it's just that I was doing it wrong. And when I changed my beliefs around, I don't have to do everything and I can hire people who deliver a better result than I could deliver, that means I can charge more because Really what I'm doing is like I'm the director, right, of the movie. The director doesn't act, he doesn't produce, he doesn't edit the film. You do find movies where they do all that stuff. But in a really big production, the director only has one role and that's to direct. And the producer has a role and he's bringing the right people together and make sure everything's organized. And I would much rather be a producer, director than the guy trying to do everything. Trying to be the director, producer, movie, star of the show, editor that's what I was trying to do before. Yeah. So now you've changed over to this model. It's really incredible that you've shifted this model and you've made a way to make this work. And one thing I want to also just kind of add, 
we had kind of dissing on the coaching industry a bit. We're not saying that, that there aren't great coaches out there. I'm not saying that there aren't ways to actually do a good quality coaching business. Coaching is part of our own business, actually. Well, yeah, have you have figured out a way to do coaching really well and you've brought on the right people and you're doing a good job. I just couldn't figure out how to do that. And I wouldn't call it coaching either. I would call it advising within a really clear structure and with very specific outcomes. And most coaches don't do that. Now, looking at where your models come, you found a model that actually works. So how has your pricing structure changed since you implemented some of these things that you've already talked about? So we weren't charging enough for coaching. I doubled my rates for coaching and I still realized I wasn't charging enough. I doubled my rates and I ended up working double the time in coaching. Now, I'm, again, you're right. We don't want to dis, I'm not dissing on the coaching industry. I'm just saying, this is what happened to me. And the more I raised my coaching rates, the more my clients expected of me and the more time they wanted. And I just realized that even though I was coaching, I was still trading my time for dollars. That's not how to grow a scalable business. My time was directly attached to the money that I made. And if I continued on that way, then I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be able to scale or grow or I was getting more and more stressed. And so what I did is I almost from my coaching program, I tripled the price of my coaching program. And then I locked people into a 12 month commitment, which is something that I had never done before either. I used to do like a monthly fee, cancel when you want. But then I realized I was giving my clients a way out and not holding them accountable. It was a disservice to give them because I know how valuable my services are and what I can do. I'm giving them a disservice by letting them get out. So I raised my prices. Our programs now are 120K for the year. And since we've made that offer, maybe I haven't told you this yet, but we're booked out until September. We have four clients that have signed and I can't deal with them all. I said, you have to start in August. And they're like, that's great. That's totally fine. And now we're figuring out a way to get them, we call it the jumpstart. So from here until August, we're giving them some homework. And we're like leading them down the path so they can start getting ready for the coaching program. And all of it is like on their own. They're going to do all that because they know the program officially starts in a couple of months. Essentially, we tripled prices, got more clients. I have more free time now, believe it or not, because now I have the money to be able to hire a good team. And I'm not stressed anymore because my cost of living haven't gone up. But we're just making a lot more revenue because we're delivering a much bigger result and solving a much bigger problem. If you would have talked to me four years ago, even a year ago, and said, hey, Aaron, we think you should do a 120K a year program. I remember when you first suggested that, Manny, I was like, no way. That, for some people, that might be what they need to do, but not for me, man. A lot of it was internal self-confidence, being able to say, I'm worth it. My self-confidence was so battered from working with the wrong clients that I came to the point where I thought, I can't do anything. Everyone tells me that I talk to I speak at conferences. I have a Facebook group of 25,000 people. They all love what I post out. And then I work with a one-on-one client. Nothing works. My self-confidence was so low that I never thought of charging 120K a year for anything. I couldn't even comprehend what I would do for 120K a year. And now, because of the mindset shifts that I've had and the experiences that I've had in the program and other things, I've realized that I'm probably not charging enough because we're booked out four months, I probably need to increase my prices and go after a bigger client because it's too easy to sell. I mean, our sales process is, we put a lot of effort into the sales process and our program is world-class. Like our services are world-class. 
when we do start taking on more clients, we're probably gonna have to increase the price again. And that doesn't scare me. Doesn't scare me at all because now I, I feel like it's not only worth it, but it's a bargain for these guys. So you tripled your prices. You're selling $120,000 packages. Now you're saying we need to increase the price even more. Now you have a wait list. You're booked out with four new clients coming in and delivering just insane results. I am so incredibly proud of you, first of all, Aaron. And I'm hearing some of these new results now. You've been pretty busy with all the I haven't been on. I haven't work. been able to come to any of the calls because, well, first of all, I had coaching clients. I fired all my coaching clients. Yes. Natalie and I, we worked up emails. I fired five coaching clients. Some were paying me five figures a year to coach them. And I, I said, I'm sorry, I can't do this anymore. And, and I recommended they go work with someone else. And my time is now totally freed up. And we're getting these bigger clients in. And my time now is spent training my team, which is like a much better use of my time than trying to train a SaaS founder how to write copy. And now I'm training a copywriter who already knows how to write copy, how to write copy better. And then they can write a thousand emails now for my clients. Every ounce of effort I put into my team, the output is multiplied because they just continue doing it more and more and more for me instead of a client, which case I trained them and they had to do it. I have to go to the next client and start from the beginning again and do that. So I've heard this before. I've heard people say that you charge more and you get better clients and you work less and I've never believed it. And now I understand why. Finally get it. So what was different about the scale to freedom process that helped you be able to actually overcome that, both getting over that head trash, but also how to systematically put it in place? So when I entered Scale to Freedom, my intention was to grow my coaching program. I wanted to increase prices for my coaching program. I wanted to come up with a better model and I wanted to scale it out. And as I was doing that, I realized that I was trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. What I wanted to provide my clients wasn't what they needed. And so the Scale to Freedom, I finished my client success blueprint. I'm like, wow, this is really good. I finally have a blueprint that I can show people how we do it. That was huge. And then I increased prices and I got a few coaching clients at a higher rate. And then I was like, wow, my dream is coming true. And then I realized, wow, I have much less time than I did before. So something's wrong. Something's missing. But talking to you was really helpful. And then also the group that you have put together is really, really incredible. You have attracted some people into your community who I genuinely feel affection towards most of the people in the community. And I've never in our little like coaching group, and I've never felt that before. They are genuinely interested in helping. I had one call with one member where I just was crying on the phone to him. And he was just saying, hey, man, it's going to be okay. Like You're going to figure this out. And I was in tears. And he listened to me and he wanted to talk to me. It was just, it was just so cathartic and so amazing. I've never been able to do something like that with anyone. And just working through that with everyone together really helped me see what was possible. And one of our retreats too was really incredible too. I think we, we did some breathing exercises and breath work, that's what it was. And then we did some other stuff. All these things compounded. And it was like God was pounding on my door saying like, Aaron, stop trying to kick against the pricks. Stop trying to do what you wanted to do. Just let me help you find what you need to do. And all these signs kept coming up, all of these like little hints. And at some point, it was like a sledgehammer during Scale of Freedom where I was like, I am doing the wrong offer. I'm doing it the wrong way. And for me, doing the wrong way for me, I'm not saying it's the wrong way for everyone. But for me, I can deliver much better results if I actually have a team doing it. And that's where my light, the light bulb clicked. I made one post in my group, one post in my Facebook group, and I am booked out. That one post 
probably made me over $500,000, probably more, probably more because I'm still getting people responding back to me on that post. And that was like four months ago. If I did that once a day or once a week, I wouldn't be able to handle all the work. There was a series of moments that happened and a culmination of it all was actually, it was actually in, in another coaching group that I'm a member of. That's where the sledgehammer was. But it was like a building up of all these things over time that kind of made me go where God was like, you need to stop going this direction. And this direction to be much easier and you're going to like it a lot more, even though you don't think you are. And I right. was like, okay, fine, I'll do it. Well, I remember that there was a number of times where they were like, okay, now I need to invest in team. Now I need to do this. There were these big hurdles where like fear came up. So how were you able to sit with that? Because you created all of this, but you had to start somewhere from a place of faith before you could see it all unfolding, before you were booked out with hundreds of thousands of dollars of work that you're actually taking a wait list. I mean, before all that happened, what was going on in your head there where you were actually able to get past that fear? I have been so blessed to be surrounded by the right people at the right time. And I think a lot of it was the insights from other people. A lot of it was just getting on calls and talking through my problems over and over again with people and getting out of my head. There are two specific things that I can think of that really affected me, I think were like turning points in my life, I think. One was I read this book called The Last Law of Attraction Book You'll Ever Need to Read. And I started going through some of those exercises and my mind started to expand and people started reaching out to me and saying, hey, are you looking to hire? I'm a this and I'm, I need a job. And I'm like, sweet, sure, why not? I'll hire you. I didn't have any clients or anything at this point. And I started hiring people and I started, I know this sounds so hokey and I hate even saying it because it's so cliche and there's so many people that don't believe in this. But I will say that for me, there's certain processes that I had to go through of gratitude and writing and visualizing my future that broke through a lot of these false beliefs that I had. And also, I believe literally was writing an order delivery card to heaven. And I had to do it over and over again. And the universe or God or whatever you want to call it sent me the things that I was asking for. And that was huge. That was like one of the main things. And then I, the other major turning point happened three or four months ago. I was in Florida in a coaching group. One of the speakers, there was probably like nine of us. She said, everybody, I want you to go out into the ocean because it was on the, it was a beachfront property. Go out to the sand and, and try to find something and bring it back and tell us about it, how meaningful it is to you. And right before that, someone was talking about, oh yeah, how are, there's all these shark teeth on the shore of this Florida beach. There's all these shark teeth that are hidden and you have to find them. So I thought to myself, I'm going to go find a shark tooth. I spent like an hour looking for a shark tooth on my hands and knees, crawling through the sand, um, digging. And I just like digging for things. And I couldn't find, I found all these shells that I thought were shark teeth that turned out not to be shark teeth. I didn't know what I was looking for. I had no idea what color they were. Finally, I went to some, some local. This guy was like, you were a typical Florida fisherman, you know, out on the marsh. And I said, hey, man, we, is this a shark tooth? And he's like, no, this isn't a shark tooth. This is a shell. And he like tossed it out of my hand. It's like, yo, shark tooth are like this and they look like that. And so anyways, he was walking around trying to show me and I couldn't find one. And then I had to go back in to the meeting and I was walking back up into our meeting and the guy yells for me from the shore and he's like, hey, dude, come here. And I walk over there and he hands me this. This is the shark tooth, little tiny thing. And he found it for me. And then I came back out an hour later and there was a shell on the porch with all these shark teeth that he had found for me. 
Wow. I didn't ask him to do this, by the way. He just wanted to do it because he loved doing it. This shark tooth was God's sign to me that I need to stop doing things myself and find other people to do them for me who can do them better, who love doing it. And there's a, that millions of people out there who are desperate to help other people and do the things that I don't want to do. And I just need to go out and find them. I should not be the shark tooth hunter. I need to find the people who can find the shark teeth and who love doing it, who can do it and fill my shell up while I'm sitting on the couch in some beach house. So that was like a major turning point for me. And all of these things combined made me realize I've been thinking about it wrong. I want to be the person who brings the best people together and then still be able to do what I love, which is coaching and training my team. I love that. Thanks so much for sharing that, Aaron. And I actually love what you shared about the, the mindset shifts that you went through and that you recognized how God had so much more in store for you if you were just willing to receive it. And if you were just open and if you were willing to just be showing up in a way that it could come to you. And that's one of the things I've seen from you as you've grown and developed and gone from thinking like, I've got to just double this thing that I have. And I asked to be like this too. Oh, well, this is, we've maxed that out. What do we do here? Oh, well, you know what? Let's make this offer bigger. Like, I don't know if I could do that. You could do this, Aaron. You could do this. And you kept through this process of doing the internal work. That internal work there, it's one of the things that we like to weave into scale to freedom. And some of our clients see it, some of them don't, but it's woven into that, right? It's the whole thing is designed to help shift how you show up. And I don't want to just make it a bit be about that. But, but the reason why I say that is it's just so incredibly important who you're being, how you're showing up and how you're showing up. The results that you're getting are a direct result of how you're showing up. I just really want to acknowledge you for that, Aaron. And you're creating this really incredible business now. And how much has your company has grown at least like 400%, hasn't it? The growth is really cool. What's really cool is the trajectory that we're now on. In a few years, this will be a million dollar business. And that's what's really exciting to me. I'm excited about the clients that have signed. What I'm more excited about is the fact that we figured out an offer that works and that the trajectory is now this instead of like this. About how many years faster do you think that will take you to get to that point? You know, I would say in 12 months, we'll be at a million dollars a year. And looking at 12 months, that's like the minimum that I want to be at. I think there's opportunity to 10x that over the next few years with the right team in place. So million to me before sound out of this world. And now it's like, wow, that's totally within reach. In fact, it's probably too easy of a goal now. I knew you could do this because you had already generated such great results for it. You had certain results and clients. I know that there were some confidence challenges around some clients that you weren't getting results for, but there were some clients you got really good, great results for. That tells me is that if you can get great results for them, we can find more that look like them. And then we could further expand that, look at who is like this that we could generate more and more results for. How could we make that even bigger? And that's what led you to these six-figure type of offers and what has led you to be able to have such a solid offer that is easier to sell, easier to deliver, and that's really just giving you the yeah. life that you want. Well, Aaron, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to reach you? Best way to reach me is if you go to my site, aaroncrowd.io, uh, there's a contact form there and everything. You can also just type in SaaS Growth Hacks into Facebook, and that's my community. You can reach me there. You'll see me there and you can reach out to me on Facebook. I'm there all the time. So, 
Love it. Well, thank you so much, Aaron, for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. And thanks so much, Minnie.